The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event details on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome, welcome, one and all, in here and out there to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. If... If there are any fans of stupidity and corruption out there, you have joined us on the right night, because today we got the long-awaited House ethics report on New York congressman and slug under... and slug under a rock you just turned over... George Santos, the, the, the report dropped this morning and reveals that Santos sought to fraudulently exploit every aspect of his House candidacy for his own personal and financial profit and declares that he warrants public condemnation, is beneath the dignity of the office, and has brought severe discredit upon the House. That is not easy to do. <laughs> that, is, he, that, is, that is quite an accomplishment. That is a high chalk mark. Because these days, the dignity of the house is slightly below a golden corral that just ran out of steak. <laughs> it's chaos. Now, you'd think well, with findings this damning, George would be done for. But actually, the report made no recommendation about expulsion from Congress, explaining it would have required a much longer process. <laughs> okay. Maybe do that process. We'll, we'll wait. It's kind of important. This is like a surgeon saying, uh, Ms. Thompson, of course, we could remove your burst appendix, but that would take hours. How would you uh, feel about some Motrin and a bite stick? This report is loaded with horrible, inexcusable, totally juicy details. For instance, the things Santos spent donors' cash on include designer goods, lavish Atlantic City trips, and smaller purchases at OnlyFans. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Smaller purchases at OnlyFans. So he was being prudent with his donors' money. Uh, excuse me, miss. I'm focused on fiscal responsibility. How about just a buck fifty for some elbow cleavage? <laughs> just zoom in to this area 
imagination will take it from there. <laughs> the report also identifies several occasions in which Santos used campaign funds for Botox. In response, Santos said, that accusation makes me very angry. Now sad. Now happy. Now scared. The report also sheds light on the nonsense going on among Santos' staff. One staffer asked, what if we got a doctor's prescription for a segue for George to have accessibility reasons around the Capitol? He could zoom everywhere. (laughs) Okay, that's fun. But what kind of doctor writes a prescription for a segue? Uh, the, uh, the tests have come back. I'm afraid you have dangerously low levels of annoying tourists. (laughs) Also... Also, how's that appendix, Mrs. Johnson? (laughs) As late as yesterday, Santos claimed he wasn't worried about the committee's report. What is your level of concern, though? What is your level of concern? Look, I I, I think I said this very clear to you. I will take whatever comes my way the way it comes. I have no concerns, and I don't have any premeditated uh, feelings on on this. No premeditated feelings. (laughs) Exactly what a sociopath wouldn't say. (laughs) Today, we bid farewell to Grandma, and let me just say to all of you, I have not had a chance to Google the correct emotional reaction, but rest assured, like all of you, I am... hangry? It's hard to tell because of all the Botox. (laughs) But today, after the report dropped, Santos announced he will not be seeking re-election for a second time. I know. I'm, I'm so happy, too. Uh, thank God I won't have endless content for my show anymore. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be okay, because the late show can confirm that Santos has endorsed a new candidate for 2024, Katara Ravash. <laughs> so, uh, doing nothing, doing nothing so far about George Santos is part of the House GOP's broader plan to do nothing about anything. In fact, these folks are on track to be the least productive Congress since the Great Depression. I find it very hard to believe that there was a time more depressing than now. (laughs) Even Republicans are sick of the inaction, like Texas representative and skinhead Santa, Chip Roy. (laughs) Yesterday, Roy went on the House floor and let his fellow GOP colleagues have it. One thing... I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. One. Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one material, meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done... Ooh, ooh, uh... (laughs) Repeatedly humiliate Kevin McCarthy, uh... Elbow each other in the kidneys... Uh, teaches about father-son porn sharing? Because that stuff meant something to me. (laughs) It was nice to see a Republican stand up and denounce the GOP for doing nothing until he told us what he wants them to do. We're too cowardly to stand up and do our job. Oh, no, a shutdown. Are you freaking kidding me? Oh, we can't have a shutdown heading into Thanksgiving. What will they say or do? How about we stand up and fight, paying for this stuff as we go, so our kids and our grandkids don't inherit a bankrupted country, and they don't have to wonder what freedom used to look like while they're speaking Mandarin? Wow. 
Wow. I don't know what a shutdown would do to Thanksgiving, but it's nice to have a preview of what your drunk uncle is going to be screaming at the cranberry sauce. <laughs> oh, my. Look! Look, comrade! That is your name? Ocean Spray? <laughs> oh! Oh, there's some big news today. Yesterday, two old men hung out. I'm talking about the meeting in San Francisco between President Joe Biden and Chinese President Xi Jinping. The closed meeting was four hours long, and we don't know what words came out of their mouths, but we do know went into their mouths. A menu featuring tarragon-roasted heritage chicken and charred broccolini and Brussels sprouts. They gave two old men broccolini and Brussels sprouts and then locked them in a room for four hours? Really? I assume. I assume they lifted the ban on chemical warfare. <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Joke's based on a true start. <laughs> Biden spoke with reporters after the meeting, and he had this to say. Would you say, Mr. President, that you trust President Xi? Look. Do I trust you? I trust but verify, as that old saying goes. That's where I am. There it is. Joe Biden quoting Ronald Reagan with trust but verify. Of course, Trump also quoted trust but verify, but only at the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> I'm not shifting this car out of park until I count all ten nuggets and get visual confirmation of my Happy Meal mini Chewbacca. <laughs> mini... Hello, Chewie. You put enough barbecue sauce on a mini Chewbacca, he's pretty good. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I so respect that balanced, statesman-like response from Joe Biden, especially when he compared to the last guy who world leaders, and this is true, were able to distract by using an attractive female interpreter. Not that China didn't try the same strategy with Biden with their new translator, Sexy Acela Express. <laughs> Mm. Mm. See you. See you in the quiet car. <laughs> Perhaps the most thoughtful moment of the meeting was when President Biden wished Xi's wife a happy birthday, and Xi replied that he was embarrassed. He has been working so much that he'd forgotten that his wife's birthday was coming up. Xi, you fool, you don't admit that. You just say, of course my wife's birthday is coming up, and I've planned an amazing night. Siri, look up romantic restaurant, comma, China. Ooh, Chinese restaurants. <laughs> you may remember a few weeks ago, um, relations between the U.S. and China were so tense, they took back almost all of the giant pandas they lent to our zoos. But this is true. This is great news. In a gesture of goodwill, President Xi signaled that China will send new pandas to the United States. Yeah! This is great. We're going to be getting new pandas. I'm so excited. Hey, uh, hey, Steve. Oh, uh, it's my writer, Brian Stack, everybody. Brian, um... <laughs> Brian, is everything okay? I'm taping the show. Well, Steve, I heard you mention that China might be sending us pandas. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll have to transport them somehow, presumably, and you know how there's that restaurant, Panda Express? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I do. Well, there's got to be a joke there somewhere. 
Okay, what, what would that joke be? Well, uh, not sure, but uh, we'll have the chuckleheads in the writer's room put their noodles together. Hey, you doing one of those monologues tonight? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing it right now, Brian. Oh, that's perfect. Monologue's a great place for jokes. <laughs> Tell you what, I'll be back in two gifs with a zinger that'll build you a great wall of laughter. My writer, Brian Stack, everybody. Brian Stack, there you go. We, um... It's hard to tell, but we got him from Conan. <laughs> there's also... There's also news about Speaker of the House Mike Johnson. Uh, back in October, before becoming Speaker, Johnson called American culture dark and depraved and said that America deserves God's wrath. Look, it's shocking, but I hate to say it. I think he's right about God being mad at America. I mean, why else would he give us Mike Johnson as speaker? We got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Jonathan Carl. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event details on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Gentlemen, my first guest is the chief Washington correspondent for ABC News and co-anchor of This Week. He's just written a new book, Tired of Winning, Donald Trump and the End of the Grand Old Party. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Jonathan Carl. <laughs> nice, nice to have you back. I'll always, always enjoy your uh, reportage. Um, last time you were here, it was for your book, uh, Betrayal, The Final Act of the Trump Show. Now you have uh, another book called Tired of Winning Donald Trump and the, what's it say, the end of the grand old party. I'm going to fact check you, okay. okay, right off the bat because I know you respect that, okay? Yeah, yeah. Your last book was called Betrayal, the final act of the Trump Show. Then why is there another book, John Carl? <laughs> did you, did the final, in the last book, was everything a lie or just the title? <laughs> Do you often lie to your public? Uh, apparently, there was a, a, an unplanned sequel in the works that I just didn't know about. Were you um, surprised that there's more to the Trump show? Uh, uh, look, I thought that that was the final act. I mean, you know, I thought maybe we'd have a little curtain call, but I, I nobody thought that you would go from there and see him mount a comeback to once again becoming the dominant figure in the Republican Party. Nobody. I mean, he left Washington in disgrace, mm-hmm. defeated, impeached on the verge of being prosecuted. I mean, the idea that he would come back? There's no way Voldemort will come back. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's no stories where that ever happens. 
Okay, uh, book's already getting a lot of buzz. Uh, here's what one guy had to say about your book. He said, failed ABC News reporter Jonathan Carl just wrote another bad book. He works so hard but has so little talent. Some people have it, some people don't. <laughs> your response, what's, uh, what, how, do you, how, do you, how do you like the review? Yeah, no, it was, it was good. Uh, what, what's interesting is, is it was one thing specifically that set him off. Uh, and what? it wasn't that I said, uh, you know, found out that his top uh, strategist was using Confederate code words for, for the Confederate plot to assassinate Abraham Lincoln to describe Trump's campaign theme. What? It wasn't the... Oh, I'm sorry, what was that last one? No, no he, uh, his top strategist, Steve Bannon, used Confederate, the Confederate code word to describe the assassination plot on Lincoln to describe Trump's campaign, come retribution. It wasn't that. That's not what got him upset. It's not what he contested. It wasn't that, he start, that I talked about Waco, Texas, and the significance of him starting his campaign in Waco, Texas, uh, the place that inspired the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. That's not what he took issue with. It's not that I found that so many people close to him literally think that he was mentally unstable and, uh, you know, it's not, not any of that. The thing that set him off was an anecdote about Kim Kardashian in the book. <laughs> it's true. Wow. That's, that's oh. the one thing that he's... What is the thing? Up. What did she do? Did she break the internet? What, what, what did she do? Uh, there, there are a couple little Kim Kardashians. You know, Kim Kardashian, of course, has taken on this cause of criminal justice reform and tried to get pardons and clemency for people who have been wrongly accused. Sure, one of the, one of yeah. the positive aspects of that administration. I mean, uh, and, and, and she got Alice Johnson famously pardoned. Well, at the very end of the Trump White House, she made one last effort. She had a list of people that she felt deserved pardons or clemency. And he said, okay, you want me to do this for you. Get me some NFL stars to come to the White House. Get me some NFL stars to come to... And, and Kim Kardashian, being really dedicated to this cause, went to her friends, uh, NFL friends. You know, she used to be with Reggie Bush. She knows some of these guys. And, and, um, and they all refused. It was after January 6th. None of them wanted oh, to go to the White House. That's right. And, Good call. And, and the reason why he was so desperate to get NFLers to come is because Bill Belichick, if you remember, he gave a Presidential Medal of Freedom, and Belichick refused to come to the White House after January 6th. Well, Kim Kardashian isn't the only isn't the only celebrity who uh, shows up in this story. Uh, Taylor Swift, oh yeah, has, has a passage in this. What what is the Taylor Swift connection between Trump and anger? Uh, this is actually this is actually important. So Taylor Swift, uh, at the end of the Trump administration, there was this effort to purge anybody that was insufficiently loyal to Donald Trump. And you mean like really late, like even after the election, right? Yes, they started just purging. especially after the election to get rid of anybody that wasn't really with him. Which was a and, sign that something bad was coming. Yes, absolutely. And and, and one of the things that happened was uh, that they discovered as they started searching for disloyalists that a young woman on the staff of Ben Carson, who was the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, had liked an Instagram post of Taylor Swift's. And, and more wait, than... Wait, so no, no, Ben Carson, Housing and Urban Development, young a young woman. junior staffer yes. there, yeah. likes an Instagram post of Taylor Swift. Yeah, but the Instagram post, Taylor Swift was actually holding cookies, and the cookies had emblazoned on them the Biden-Harris campaign logo. So this was a... Ser- so. It's went all the way up to Mark Meadows. Send in SEAL Team 6. Yeah, so, well, Mark Meadows, close. Mark Meadows, the, uh, the, the chief of staff of the, the White House. The chief of staff got involved? Called the chief of staff of the Department of Homeland of, of Health and of Housing and Urban Development and said, look, we cannot have our people liking the social media posts of Biden supporters, like Taylor Swift. 
This is true. So and they, by kept the way, a, they kept their eye on the ball. The call happened saying. in the middle of the uh, Amy Coney Barrett confirmation hearing, so it was a very, very important moment. What, one, one of the central arguments of this book, uh, Tired of Winning, is Trump's story is one of failure. What do you mean by that? Do you mean that he sort of failed his way through his life or a failure that we allowed him to be elected or a failure of the GOP not to hold the line to their principles and their standards? Like, where is the failure in this There, story? there are elements of all that. One is that virtually everybody who came into contact with him ended up failing. And this includes the people that stood up to him, who tried to stop him. I mean, the, the Republican field is littered with ruined careers of people that tried to stop Donald Trump. It's the people that were close to him and supported him who ended up, uh, some of them literally ended up in prison, uh, ended up saddled with, with legal bills, uh, lives destroyed. Uh, Hope Hicks, who was as close to him as anybody, there's a really powerful message she sent on January 6th that all our lives are over, we'll never get jobs again, except working at, from, at a Proud Boys convention. Um, uh, so it's, it's those people, but it's also the profound way that he lost. You know, he won the greatest upset victory in the history of American politics in 2016. But then he managed to go out and lead the Republican Party through a series of losses in every election after that. Special elections, midterm elections, the 2020 election, runoff elections. And the 2020 election, he lost not just to Joe Biden, but then he lost dozens of legal cases he lost his effort to try to get his vice president to, uh, to turn it over. He, tr- he lost in his effort to get Congress to try to uh, upend the election. Every effort that he took ended in loss. Well, if, if he's such a loser and he spreads, you know, losing like a contagion, yes. and, and he's got 91, you know, felony counts uh, against yep. him now, and, and I know, like, this is a bit of a mystery. You didn't know there'd be another book here, yep. but f- what do you attribute the continued relevance of Donald Trump, too. Like, why do you think he's such a lasting grip on a party that had many opportunities to end the specter of him, whether it had been either impeachment or just if Kevin McCarthy hadn't gone down there and kissed the ring? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. First of all, it's important to remember, less than a year ago, he was trailing Ron DeSantis in polls in one Wall Street Journal poll in December of about 20 points or so. It was flipped just a year yes. ago. Yes, so, so it, it wasn't a total... But, but I think part of what's happened is people look back. There's, there's anxiety in the country. Uh, people have economic anxiety. There's discontent with Joe Biden. And I think there's some superficially a sense of like, uh, look, if we can only go back to four years ago, the world was relatively at peace, inflation was low, everything was... was I think there's some of that. And that's why I wrote this book, because if people are going to go into this next election thinking about that. They also need to be thinking not just about what Trump was, but what he is now and what he is proposing and planning to do, what a second Trump administration would look like. And I don't think people have come to terms with that at all. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Jonathan Carl, everybody. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
ABC's Jonathan Carl. Now, based on what you know about Trump, um, what, what would the second Trump administration look like? I mean, we have heard from his spokesperson that, you know, those who compare him to a fascist leader like Hitler or Mussolini will have their uh, existence crushed. Utterly annihilated, yes. Uh, yeah, if, yes you know, when he gets back into power. Uh, that's just an amuse-bouche of what might happen. What, what do you know? What's Project 2025? Uh, first of all, I think January 6th is the beginning of, of a next Trump administration, not the end. Because January 6th happened after the purge of disloyalists. They weren't all purged yet. There were still people that stood up and did the right thing. Project 2025 is this project to make plans for the next Trump administration. And part of it is personnel. Going through, and and, uh, my friends at Axios have reported they're even using AI, trying to screen out anybody who isn't sufficiently loyal to Donald Trump. Uh, So... Part of it is personnel. It's just getting people that will do what the man wants to be done. But what does he want to be done? Uh, he is the, the campaign. The, the campaign theme is about retribution and revenge. For him. To, for him to take at what he says is they're coming after me because their real target is you, and I'm standing in the way. But none of those people paid off porn stars or pilfered classified documents. Okay, um, none of them, you know, pressured. Um, local officials to overturn an election. What do, you, what do you think? What do you think the next? Because you know, the return of him to center stage for the Republican Party and in, in, in our daily news is uh, chilling to me because I don't like make news or, or report news. I talk about what people talked about today. So I'm a shadow of whatever you real news people are going to talk about. And he's going to be a big part of it over the next 13 months or 12 months at this point at least. And I'm curious what you think that campaign is going to be like because I think January 6th was actually the beginning of this campaign and that we're in for a lot of chaos and disaster and po- potential violence over the next 12 months. And can you talk me out of that feeling? Um, I, I would I would like to talk about I do I am ultimately optimistic and look I've spent a lot of time with Trump supporters all around the country I spoke to people really close to him who supported him some who many who still support him now right. and 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 I but he has said he hopes his followers listen to his violent rhetoric I mean yes and he I mean he said that to me directly I went to meet with him when he was still in the White House after the, the shootings in El Paso and Dayton happened back to back. And I said, aren't you concerned that your rhetoric will lead somebody to take your words to heart? And he said, I hope people take my words to heart. Now, I don't think he meant I hope people will go out and shoot people, but he doesn't, like, he doesn't, he doesn't understand or doesn't conceptualize that the words have meaning. He is calling 2024, his words, the final battle. I mean, the stake of our, this, our country's survival is at stake. This is the final battle. And then he's calling for the elimination and annihilation of all his enemies. I don't know, I think he means violent, but, I mean, look. That would just be, like, I mean, you know, that would be gravy for him because he would actually, he, he did not try to stop the violence at the Capitol. Perhaps they're more upset about this than you are, Kevin, He's as still he said. joking about the guy that went after Paul Pelosi with a hammer. And, and, and so by the way... So why are you hopeful? <laughs> you ended on a note of optimism. Yes, um... Uh, look, I, I, first of all, I think we saw one reason why January 6th didn't end up a lot worse uh, in the end of that administration didn't really tear apart our country entirely is that there were good people who stood up and did the right thing. And I concluded my... And I, so I have faith. 
Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for thank being you. here. <laughs> Tired of Winning is available now. Jonathan Carl, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing. If you want to see more of me, come to The Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts.